Welcome fellow pilots and other podcast listeners to another episode of the Alaska Pilots Podcast. I'm your host, Strategic Communications Chairman, Captain David Campbell. And today, I want to talk about the importance and value of unity and solidarity and a little bit more about how and why now is the right time to be negotiating improvements to our collective bargaining agreement. It really should come as no surprise to our listeners that now is the right time. We've been talking about it since December, and uh, now we have even more evidence that, in fact, really it is the right time. So I've brought in a slightly larger group than I normally do on these podcasts. We have, as you're familiar, uh, MEC Chairman Will McQuillan, Negotiating Committee Chairman Chris Gruner, and Ronan O'Donohue, our Strategic Planning Committee Chairman. We also have the entire Negotiating Committee here as well. So besides uh, Chris Gruner, we've got Rob Casey and Drew York. So guys, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having us. Yeah, you bet. And we'll uh, be talking more with the Negotiating Committee later on in the podcast episode. Well, let's jump right into you and, and talk about that, uh, what you've learned even since we made the last podcast recording. Uh, certainly. It's not exactly what I've learned, but what we've learned. You know, we're in the day one of a multi-day MEC meeting and had the benefit of having uh, yet another, as we do with all our meetings, an ENFA briefing on the economic landscape ahead and kind of how things are continuing to materialize as they look forward. And a number of analysts, including, we don't have to look much further than the company's own earnings call, have certainly become more bullish on what they, they believe the recovery looks like including you know, the company's own statement that they were so concerned about business travel that they see a return of 50% of business travel by the end of the year and a path to profitability that is, is clearly on the horizon. So I think that by all means, to your parent question, we are certainly in the right time and the right position to be looking forward and addressing pilot concerns. Well, I, I was in the same briefing. It was really interesting. And one of the things that stuck out to me was the quotations from Morgan Stanley and some of the other analysts. Yeah, certainly. I mean, the, the Liz kind of uh, addressed both Morgan Stanley's outlook as well as Moody's, but there was a, a quote in here from Moody's that predicts that real GDP growth and the job gains are just set to boom in a much stronger fashion than I think anybody envisioned. And uh, the quote here from Mark Zandi, the chief economist of, of Moody's Analytics, is that he's been a professional economist for more than 30 years made many projections during that time, and some of those forecasts he's made with confidence and others not so much. But I can't remember a time when I've been so sure of the U.S. economy's near-term prospects. It's going to be rip-roaring, was the exact quote. And for the next you know, near future, they truly see so much pent-up demand, so much pent-up consumer sentiment for, for spending, for travel. On the Morgan Stanley side, even though they've noted that the industry is going to emerge with you know, a greater debt load overall, I think it's very important for us to note that in Alaska's case, we're essentially emerging from this pandemic with a debt load that mirrors that which we went into it with, right? As well as a super strong cash position. Um, we kind of talked a little bit about the business sentiment. They're seeing that. We're able to leverage the one world uh, relationship. And the company even noted a 4.6% market share gain in its managed corporate accounts. Things are really looking good as we peer off into the horizon. And it, it proves, if anything, we're a little bit late to addressing some of these concerns, that we should have been working to achieve a, a CBA that reflects the, the pot's priorities and interests a while ago. 
Yeah, you know the timing is working out well. As the economy's coming back, we're in a good position to keep the conversations going with the company on your most important issues, which uh, we just got the polling back. It's clear that you fully understand where the economy's going and that your priorities uh, still remain intact. So we understand clearly on the negotiating committee and listening to your reps and as they listen to you, that once again, I mean, your expectations are that you keep pace with this company, that you are rewarded from the growth. So there are a ton of opportunities right now for the company to take advantage of the environment that's coming along as they have those opportunities to uh, get us to the right place. You know, we want to make sure that your priorities are taken care of. And, and I do think that the company needs to speak with that same voice of optimism that it does to the investment community, to its internal investors, right? To those of us who are vital stakeholders in the, in the success of this company. And that obviously includes the pilot group. And I think that uh, there should be no conditioning that optimism on certain targets or artificial thresholds that, that we need to achieve before we can actually start to address issues and move forward. There's a little bit of conditioning that I think happens internally on their dialogue with employees that doesn't exist on, in the external world. And if those institutional shareholders are that important that they've made them a priority, as we said, that they talk about returning shareholder value and paying down debt and balance sheet priorities, that pilot priorities count too. Absolutely. All those things are a choice, you know, whether they're looking at 10% margins or anything else. It's just a, uh, really it's a decision of value. Right. Where are they placing their priorities and how are they going to do things? And they need to understand that taking care of the pilot priorities that have been overlooked for years. You know, this is the time to do that. And it's something that uh, they need to place the appropriate amount of value on right now and make it uh, something we focus on early and not uh, put off any longer. Correct. I, I don't think that we can stress that strongly enough that these improvements that we are seeking are so overdue that the last contract that we saw was an arbitrated contract. And again, we'll stress that this one, the pilots will have a an opportunity to vote and decide whether or not this meets their expectations. But we're so overdue for the improvements that our pilots are seeking. And, and that's what makes the timing being now, that, that we need to be focused now and moving now and moving forward aggressively in order to achieve a, a CBA that reflects those expectations. Right. And that goes right back to then looking at the pilots. So, I mean, our, what we want to do is to uh, make sure that we stay unified and to uh, make sure we're listening to you guys. And so that's been the focus of our plan up till now. And it's something we're going to continue to do is to uh, reach out and making sure we're staying on track. Yes. Yeah, interesting point you bring up a minute ago there, Will. I was thinking the same thing that given the the discount that our company has enjoyed over our contract over the last several years, that not only is it now the right time, but now is past time. Yes, it is. It's absolutely, I mean, overdue. And I think any pilot here who obviously can look around the industry and see that other airlines have made incremental gains during the pandemic, during the darkest days of the pandemic, just simply reflects the reality that we're, we're well positioned to make good gains that are long overdue. Yeah, absolutely. And you made a point the last time we made a recording that maybe I'll ask you about again, which was the priority that our company needs to give to the employees in the same way that it gives to its other stakeholders. Specifically, they want to quickly get back to returning money to the investors. You remember that? Oh, yes. I mean, of course, if they have money to return value to the investment community to pay dividends, specifically, I exactly. believe was the quote, then they certainly have the, the resources, but they just need to prioritize 
directing those resources towards their internal stakeholders. I mean, we really do build and run and make this company successful, not just the pilots, flight attendants, every other employee work group has a vital stake in making this company successful and we deserve to be rewarded. Before we move on to other topics, is there anything else you picked up? Yeah, I mean, certainly there were a lot of details from the investment community, which I always kind of like to, to lean on as well, um, because as external resources, nobody can really quibble with that. This is the same investment committee that the company is talking about so often on those earnings calls. And for Deutsche Bank to note that Alaska is well positioned to capitalize on the, the demand recovery, giving its structural cost initiatives and financial flexibility, again, something that we help them achieve. And that you're looking at June and September quarterly bookings for domestic travel that are approaching 80 to 90% of 2019 levels. The booking curve continues to elongate that their bookings are further out. TSA throughput continues to increase even more so than the last uh, last podcast. And, and even if you get into the, the company's earnings calls, they talked about everything from yield projections to load factors, right, uh, you know, to daily bookings that are all showing improving trends. It, it is always good when ENFA, which does such a good job of, of already being able to, to do their own internal forecasting that their data is supported. Primarily, a lot of her quotes came from Deutsch and from Morgan Stanley, but there's a lot of uh, third party optimism as well. You know, well, besides the technical information we get from the analysts, you can just see it out in the airports, right? I did a four-leg trip to Vegas uh, out and backs, and it seemed like every flight was full. The airports are full. I think there's an intuitive sense that things are improving pretty quickly. Yeah, I, definitely. It's the same thing. I look around the room, and every one of us that are in the room here have been flying. I just came back from Austin, full, full to more full. Right. Um, the only maybe softness that I saw in any of my flights was the Dallas flights, Dallas Love. The rest of it have, have been really strong and robust. So I think that obviously the recovery is not just theoretical, but very empirical as well. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Will. All right. Well, let's turn our attention to something I brought up at the top of this episode, namely unity and solidarity. I want to talk about what it is why it matters, and what the MEC will be doing to keep the momentum in building the solidarity that we already have. Unity and solidarity are often used as synonyms, but they're slightly different in meaning. Whenever you get in a conversation about unionism, you, you hear those terms, and it's, it's not just that we're coming together. I mean, I, I will admit I really enjoy the camaraderie that we all share here by coming to work on, on some shared goals, but there's a very practical reason why this matters. And basically, it's through this unity and solidarity, we can empower your committee to go after the priorities that the pilots have, have identified and ultimately get a new contract over the finish line. And unity is really just everyone thinking the same thing and, and moving together as one. And that's important. But solidarity is even more important. That is, as you said, a group of diverse people coalescing on a shared set of goals. And that's really, I think, what's describing what's going on and, and, and what matters and what really empowers us. And that doesn't come automatically. It's a, a something that we need to work on to achieve. And, and the way that you do that, the way I like to describe it is pilots need to understand that what they're feeling what their concerns are, what their goals are, are shared by the larger group. You need to look to your left, see the pilot standing next to you, look to your right, see the pilot standing next to you there, and, and understand that they share those goals, they share those concerns, that 
that they're going to be with you when push comes to shove and you're working hard to achieve the goals. So achieving and building that solidarity happens by interacting with each other. And so that's both a positive and a little bit of a challenge to us right now because of the COVID restrictions. It has been difficult to get out among the pilot group and it has been difficult to create opportunities for the pilots to get together. And in contrast, uh, let's bring up the flight pass suites. That was such a, a great opportunity for us to get together. And literally, as anyone will remember that was in those rooms, standing shoulder to shoulder and understanding that we're very similar in what's facing us, what we're concerned about, what we want to achieve in the next negotiation. And and that, that had a, a real positive benefit. I, I, I think the important piece is, is that it there was genuine unity forged in those flight path suites. And we saw pilots come together from diverse backgrounds and with what they thought were perceptively diverse goals and identify that they were very strongly focused on the same things. And that can't be lost because that's truly, I mean, I say it frequently, but that's what got us through a merger, an SLI, a JCBA, all to the point where Alpa National says that we did it better than any other property, that we emerged really stronger and the unity that this pilot group demonstrated got us not just to where we are today in terms of our contractual goals, but through all of those other very testing, trying events. Despite all the adversity that we faced, that's genuine unity that we, that we forged. And that's what's going to get us to where we need to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's also it's so much easier to not be educated about each other or to think that other groups are, are they have certain wants and certain needs. and. You know, what I discovered with the flight path suites was as you brought everybody into the same room, they did really truly realize that, hang on a second, you're, you're not happy with this part of your contract or you want this to move. And then people would actually start to gather around a common goal. When you do get people together, the reason we come to the same things is because it happens organically. You know, the same goals and all those things keep rising up because the holes in our contract are obvious. And then so when you get together, you look around and you say, we might have different ways on how we would solve this, but ultimately these are things that need to be fixed. And it's not something you have to go instruct some uh, instruct somebody on uh, how, you know, or where we need to go or what this looks like. You just live this contract for long enough and then you inherently start to find the, the problems with it. So it's been, again, really useful just, just being face to face with other people and listening to each other. And that's really important. And it's been a huge problem for us, right, Chris? I mean, it's it's... It's one of the biggest things about this pandemic that we've struggled with as a way to do that. I mean, we've been, you know, just totally layered in COVID restrictions. And um, it's something that we f we find that we're really missing over the past 12 months. Yeah, absolutely. And I know like your team, Ronan, as you, and David, you guys have worked hard to keep the communication channels open as much as we can, making sure we're still having the Zoom calls and other things that we can. But man, nothing replaces actually being face to face and as things continue to open up, you know, we're really looking forward to those opportunities again to do so. Well, that's right. And that's the challenge that I was speaking of earlier. We really to build to, well, I won't say build because we are a unified group. We do have a lot of solidarity, but we need to keep it going because we've got another task ahead of us, which is getting improvements to our collective bargaining agreement. So we need to get together. We need to continue with that solidarity. And so we have been working on some ways to do that. And Ronan, this is really your department. So let me turn it over to you. 
What what's coming down the road? Thanks, David. Um, one of the, you know, again, this has been a huge problem that has been facing us over the past twelve months. So what we've pretty much looked very very deep within to try and figure out a way to get back out there and to try and get back in front of the pilots. So we've devised a method of doing so. And I want to keep the actual um, the unveiling of that a little bit close for the time being. But we are going to come and come to the basis and try and get involved with the pilots and with their families and try and make sure that there's a two-way communication happening. And that's going to be unveiled probably about a month would be my guess. And I feel pretty positive about it. I feel like it's the best we can do for right now, but it will, I think it will honestly get good backing from the pilots and it'll be something they'll get excited about and something that um, we can get behind and, and really, you know, march forward towards getting, getting this contract done. So, you know, but I, again, I want to stress that this is, this is something that will encompass not just the pilots, but their families. So it really, that's important. Yeah. And it's, it's innovative as well. I mean, I think we've, we've, found ourselves in a lot of odd situations over the last four years and have been able right. to come up with some innovative ways to a- address those issues. And this is one of them again, right? Yeah, it is. It's something that I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of. I think we're going to be all very proud of as a pilot group. So again, it's just, it's, it's, it is the best of what we can do right now in this world that we live in today. And we're just not willing to sit back. This contract is too important. This negotiating committee's work it's too important for us to sit back and not get in front of our pilots. We just, we have got to do that. Right. And we've got to do it starting now. Right. So be on the lookout. As, as Ronan said, there'll be more information about that coming soon. Keep an eye out for, for when we'll be in your area. And, and when we say we're coming, who do you mean by that, Ronan? Um, we definitely will have um, several members of my committee, the Strategic Planning Committee, possibly some communications people. And as much participation as we can from the officers and the negotiating committee, the, um, we'll make sure that we, we have them, those folks ready as they are available to do that. There'll also be some participants from the uh, phone committee, David, the family outreach uh, folks, and um, they'll be getting out there as well with the... Yeah, and it's important. I, I hope everyone sees this as a value and comes out to it. I, I will tell you, making improvements to the contract is an all hands on deck affair. Not everyone has to come in and work to the level of the negotiating committee, but you can't rely on the negotiating committee to make it happen. We all need to get out there and, and show that we're in support of these goals. So as much as we enjoy uh, doing research back in the Batcave and looking at other contracts, um, the real fun part of it is, is to get out and talk to the pilots one-on-one because quite frankly, you can see the emotion in some of the questions and you can see the emotion in some of the answers and you can't get that through an email or a, or a, a Zoom call or a, you know, any other methods of communication. It's just, it's nice to have the eye to eye contact and really get a feeling for A, what the pilots feel and want and B, how we answer them directly. I, I think that's a really important uh, facet to carry forward. I couldn't agree more, Drew. Thanks for bringing that up. And I'm really excited about this new communication outreach that we have um, and our ability to come to the pilots. I, I think they're going to like that. And, and my hope is that we'll be able to carry on some of those benefits that you've described from the flight pass suites as we hit the road going out to our members. I mentioned at the beginning of the episode that we'd be talking to more of the negotiating committee. So as long as you've jumped in, Drew, let's, let's just get right to your committee and find out a little bit more about you guys and how you operate. 
And before we do that, though, Chris, if you want to maybe give us a quick update on what your committee is working on right now. Yeah, David. So we went back and took a look at um, some of the issues that we were held up on uh, earlier and tried to work constructively through some areas where we had some log jams. So we're making some progress uh, through some of those, in particular uh, training section 11 and then also uh, section 30 uh, flight data recording devices. Um, so, you know, we'll continue to look at uh, things like that as we move forward. We're not going to stop talking about some of these issues, but uh, main thrust as we uh, look to the future, May, June, July, and beyond is to really start uh, looking uh, deeply at work rules, spending a lot of time on that, and then job security. Good. And obviously, you're not alone when you're there. Let's um, bring in the rest of your committee, and, and maybe you can introduce them to the, the rest of the group. Yeah, sounds good. So, uh, at Drew York, here with us. So, uh, how long have you been here? Like what, 19 years? Just over 20. 20 years yep. now. Okay. Yep. Yep. And uh, we have uh, Rob Casey, who uh, started with Virgin and uh, he's been here about the same amount of time as I have. So, uh, thanks for joining us too, Rob. Yeah, you bet. How do you guys divide the workload of the committee? Chris, being the committee chair, you know, he has a lot of additional responsibilities. He's got to deal with the uh, subject matter expert, the SMEs. Uh, Alpa National, a couple of other uh, committees as well. So he's he's pretty busy uh, doing other things. Not only that, but um, you know, kind of getting things arranged for negotiations. Uh, it's a pretty large responsibility. So he's got a lot going on. Rob and I um, end up doing a lot of the research work. Uh, we started this initially when we first got elected to the positions, uh, looking at other contracts, um, seeing what might be positive for our pilot group in those contracts, what might not work quite so well, and just really uh, devising a easy way for us to compare what we experience with our CBA today and, and what we might pick up or might not want to pick up from other contracts around the industry. Thanks, Drew. And Rob, would you talk to us a bit about data collection? I think that's a really important part of what your committee does because it's important to know what the goals are that you guys are working towards and whether those goals are achievable and reasonable given the economics. And I know you do a lot of work with that, right? Yeah, that's right. We collect a, a lot of data on the will of the pilots and we do that via polls, coffee sits, direction from the, the reps. And then after collecting that data, we go and do more research on it, comparing other contracts. Yeah, so I sit down with Liz and we work together on running numbers on, on what this might cost and what the averages are across the industry where we lie in comparison and where we'd like to go. Yeah, and you know, one of the things I really appreciate about working with both of you guys is our, uh, how we work through problems because um, we all have very different backgrounds and experiences and perspectives on a lot of these issues. But ultimately, you know, we're looking at the same priorities that you guys are when we're looking at flexibility and things. And there's a lot of different ways to deal with a lot of this stuff. But um, we all bring different ideas, perspectives, and, and work. I think, you know, we not, don't always agree, and often we don't. But I think we work hard to come up with a solution that uh, addresses the issue from different points of view. Yeah, so. I think we do a pretty good job of laying those differences out on the table and making sure that we take care of them as our group of three as presented by what the MEC wants us to do. And then, yeah, like, like Chris said, we don't always agree, but we, we come out to a, 
a, a solo answer. I think that's usually, well, always pretty good. And we're able to convey that amongst the MEC, amongst the pilots we talk to out on the road, wherever. It's, uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty fun to get in arguments once in a while, but it's even more fun to come out on the, on the same end of it when it's all over. Yeah, so that's, uh, you know, I want to emphasize that the decision-making process is a team effort. And I mean, that's the way we look at the whole thing. So when we you go to the MEC, you know, it's a team that they're looking at how to get to the end, you know, and when we're sitting here as a committee and trying to work things out, you know, we, we listen to each other and we, uh, you know, l look at different things and we make sure that we're, we're all bringing our uh, backgrounds and everything else to make sure that we're uh, adequately representing you uh, when we're sitting there at the table. And that's our primary goal is to making sure that uh, your voice is being heard. Yeah, and it's it's not just the three of you at the table as well. I, I mean, I, th I think there's a perception, perhaps from some, that it's just a pilots out there um, negotiating with the company. But we have a lot of resources available as well. We we met one of them on our last podcast, uh, Liz Spear from Economic and Financial Analysis, and uh, we'll introduce more of them down the road. But it's it's a big team. Yeah, I think there's a lot of resources, obviously, that we draw upon. That, that Alpa National resource pool is large. And depending upon what we're talking about, obviously, we bring in different experts. Bruce York, of course, uh, you know, is present in everything, and, and I'm there as well. But as well as our local council with Zach Hennigy, we, we have a, a really good, diverse, solid bench that we draw upon. So I think if pilots have any misconceptions about how things get done, the MEC obviously is the, the ultimate guiding governing body which is driven by what the pilot input polling and, and whatnot says. But internally, I, I'd say the debate is great. The arguments are robust. And in the end, I think we kind of war game things out pretty pretty well. This uh, negotiating committee is a, a good, strong group. Yeah, and don't forget Liz Spear. I know we've mentioned her a lot, but she's also there uh, uh, at the sessions with us. And you know, one of the things, too, that is important to emphasize is that the issues we bring are just from you. Like they don't come from anyone else around, you know, the table. It's it's you and then we're working with the MEC and their negotiating committee to drive those things. They are there to give us the resources on how to advance your issues. And so uh, that's that's what they're there for. And they're really good at making sure that, um, you know, they're listening again to what our concerns are and then working with us on process and the information and everything else we need to get those across the finish line. Yeah, it's hard to believe that it was about almost two and a half years ago that the three of us got elected onto this committee and we were all very green participating in these uh, suites during flight path. And the same the same items we heard from the pilots back then are the same items we're hearing now. And they're the same things we've been, you know, researching and working on for, for two years. And these latest poll results are, are no surprise that the expectations of you, the pilots, has not changed. And that's that's our goal is to get those expectations across to the company and make them understand that that's that's what's driving this process. It's not us driving it. It's every pilot out there flying the line every day coming to us with the problems, either directly or through meetings or emails or phone calls or however. That's how we get it done. I don't think that point can be overemphasized enough is that really pilot expectations have not changed since in the, the two and a half years that we've been working on these priorities. The pilots have been highly focused and highly unified around exactly what it is that they need to see in this next CBA, which is 
you know, a good thing. It means that we're obviously aligned. It means that we obviously know the direction that we need to go. But it also, I mean, from a strategic standpoint, really doesn't give the, the company the opportunity to fracture this pilot group. We all want the exact same thing. And a ratifiable agreement is going to depend upon the company coming to the table and, and clearly meeting those goals. Yeah, and you know, I'm kind of glad you brought that up, Will, because that's one of my biggest frustrations with the past year beyond the whole COVID pandemic and its um, effects on the industry, but there's also an inability to actually get together and to get together with the pilots and to have the pilots get together with each other. Yeah, you know, and that is frankly the best part of the job is having an opportunity to go out and talk to you and hear what your concerns are and have those conversations. I mean, we really look forward to those opportunities to be able to go do that. And so I, even now when I, you know, we're out in the airport and get an opportunity to uh, uh, to hear from you and, and understand your perspectives, it, it's great because it's the same thing we talk about in this room here for our MEC meetings. Like we, we just, they do, the reps do such a fantastic job of uh, reflecting your voice. And we go back out, we hear the same thing unprompted from you because uh, they really do focus on making sure that. Um, this is a bottom-up organization, and we really take that to heart. What's amazing to me about it, Chris, is that how accurate, it just shows how accurate the polling is and the information that we get through other sources when you actually sit and you can talk to pilots themselves. It's so consistent. The needs of the pilots are so consistent, and they're, accurate. they're just they're so loud. They need to be dealt with. You know, and This is something that the company needs to recognize is that they're not our needs. They're the pilots' needs, and we, we cannot stress that enough. Thank you, Ronan. And Will, I think we've covered everything we set out to here today. Before we wrap this up completely, do you have any closing thoughts? Well, it did sound very repetitive, but as we've said on this podcast, like I've always said, that unity is really what drives the success of not just the negotiating committee, this MEC, but this pilot group, and it's what's gotten us through so much. But I kind of look at where we are now versus when we started that messaging. And now more than ever, we have, despite maybe not having flight path suites immediately available, um, we definitely have an opportunity to drive that that unity piece as we've continued to, to blend these fleets and we see more and more transition training happening, more and more system bids. We really are one pilot group now. That is absolutely true, Will. You know, I became the strategic communication chairman right at the height of the JCBA negotiations, and I've had the opportunity to watch this MEC coalesce around a shared set of goals and objectives, which are driven by the pilots. I mean, it is a unified group of leaders, and it is a unified pilot group. And, you know, you and I see that every day when we come into these offices to work, but the pilots really need to see it as well. And so, that's why we're coming out. And so to our listeners out there, I want you to know that several of the MEC reps, officers, and members of the negotiating committee are going to be hitting the road soon in an innovative way and coming to a city near you. So please keep an eye out for them. And, and when they're in your, your area, please come out and join us. Well, that concludes another episode of the Alaska Pilots Podcast. I've been your host, Strategic Communications Chairman, Captain David Campbell. Thank you for listening. Until next time.